0: I don't know. It's fun. I I I enjoy a dream. It's kind of like watching weird movies.
1: All right. Well, it's a little spread on this pot. I feel warm. You feel warm. Let's do this podcast. Is it going to be? A singing boy? I don't know. I don't know. Gearbuds podcast episode one hundred and forty-four. Two fours in there. I'm four. There's two fours in this. Good one. luck. You can be the other four today. a couple of fours. A couple of fours today. Four out of four. And uh, I'm Henry. That's Dave. Hey, that's our show. Let's do it. Dive into the symphony of corrections. Here you go. Here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you so much, far and wide, for from all the over 50 countries of listeners that we have in the world for listening and tuning in and follow us on the stuff. Love us on the stuff. We love you on the stuff. Spotify, Apple, email us Gearbuds Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us, just send us a. About thing. anything. About what would you? What would you? If you? What would you write your favorite podcast about? Love. Mm-hmm. Oh. What do we know about love? Maybe yeah. maybe you know what if, if you listeners can teach us something about love you can write it as like your at gmail.com. okay here we go I'm going to start with something that you were like Dave yesterday I got a bunch of I got a bunch of, just a whole string of texty boys yeah. from Dave and I, like I couldn't I was in I was busy stuff was happening couldn't respond and among them was a request that we talk about some sort of specific 1981 yeah. Gibson Les Paul Almost bought up my Les Paul What happened Ah,
0: it fell apart. Ah. It fell, I waited too long. I hesitated. No, uh, yeah. really. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow the lid off something, dude. We we've been talking about good.
1: Dude, I wish I could have put written blow the lid right here <laughs> well, in the hotline. What a,
0: It's forever infinity on the podcast. Um, I think the reverb deals are gone, and we were kind of talking about this for the most part. Reverb deals. Aren't happening. Yeah, And we can get into more of that later. By that, long...
1: you mean reverb deals? The, the like crushing just, deals. Where you just like have to pull the trigger because it's too Someone's good like, to be true. I have to get rid of this
0: it. for way, way less than it's worth. But you know where they're kind of still happening once in a while? And I'm going to blow the lid off. I'm going to let our listeners know. Because if you're listening, I think you should know. Share it, Dave. Those Facebook fucking guitar for sale places, the uh-huh. Guitar Mart, Vintage Guitars. Look up anywhere where people sell used shit. Used specifically instruments on... Facebook. Yeah, you get a lot of people dumping shit. And yesterday, I
1: almost bought a 1981 Les Paul. Well, okay. Well, I want to get to that specifically. Mm-hmm. Sub question. Yeah. Shoot In away. your experience of dealing with this, mm-hmm. is it worth the utterly horrific user experience of trying to navigate all these mm. weird, different Facebook marketplace places with? Unverified people and scammy situations. Yeah,
0: um, I haven't really seen any scams yet that were obvious. Because mm-hmm. um, I think the thing about a Facebook post is you do get a little bit of one. You can click on the person's thing, and it's like obviously you can scam a whole per, you know profile personality. Dude, are
1: we gonna have to start saying a meta post? Oh, because God. that you know, makes me I'm not ready, fucking dude. Boring.
0: not I'm not ready, man. Um. Anyways, no. So. You know, I think it's a little more of a human interaction. I mean, we. I think even this week there was a scam that popped up on something you
1: sent me. Oh, was that a Reverb one? Uh-huh. There was some, oh, There was, was one also that really we were good. talking about that was something that it would only... Oh, was, I think it was no, a No, it was Craigslist. That it was sold for 11 hundies. And that and Red Les actually, Paul that you found. Oh, that Red Lester, that's right. There yep. was two scams this week. There are a couple of them. Uh, where they didn't was happen Craigslist, was yeah. on
0: Facebook. And I fucking... It's, it's interesting, man. I don't get like... You know, I don't get like email notifications or anything like that. But if I feel like pulling up the thing scrolling through it's so much better than all the crap that was on mm-hmm. there before completely filtered out it's like literally cats and guitars is all wow. in cars um, but yeah, it's, it's like so a lot of these instruments for sale you have people who are like dude I just want to get rid of this now a lot of people don't want to ship you know that's a, a thing with, I feel that, that I've noticed yeah. is pretty common with the Facebook thing because um, they're probably afraid that they'll get scammed you know which is fair but a lot of deals you know semi local I mean again we're in Chicago it's not hard to get to pretty much anywhere mm-hmm. from here so if the deals good enough um, I think it's worth a drive, you know, driven further for
1: less. So, oh, man. Yeah, man. Tell uh, us, so it was an 81 Les Paul. Yeah. And it was a standard. It had a burst. It wasn't a clown burst. It wasn't a clown. It was had a, a t- tomato burst. Had though. a touch of tomato boys oh, in yeah. there, a little it bit was of Campbell's soup. A little
0: soupy. But I, you know, I, at this point, and an You're extra, kind of, I think you kind of like the tomato a little bit. You know what I like is, a, is an 81 Les Paul. You I think do. that's. I don't really care if it's, you know, too. I'm not too picky. Is it a birth right year, now. Dave? Well, I'm an eighty two, but it's You're close 82, enough. Okay, it's close yeah. enough. But anyways, um, but I've heard an eighty two. It's one of the favorite Les Pauls I've ever heard is the gold the gold top in our rehearsal space that I don't own, so I'm afraid to play. And it just sounds great recorded. And I was like, if it sounds anything like this, I'm gonna be pretty happy. Now I know they're all different, and it's not fair to judge. You've gotta, based it's on
1: directionally, you've gotta you've gotta have somewhere to look. That's right? what I'm You've got to somewhere so you start somewhere. It, well, here's the best part. It was for
0: such a good deal, not an incredible outrageous deal, but a good enough deal. Where I go, all right. If I bought this, didn't like it, it's easy to sell. Now, the, my favorite thing about it was the guy. He had a really simple post, and I sent it to you. I think mm-hmm. he just said, "Bought uh, 1981 Les Paul, purchased in 1983."
1: And I did I got notice, too old, lol.
0: Yeah, and he, yeah, exactly. And he's like, "Oh, it's too heavy for me" or something, which I would expect, you know. Um, it looked like it had. I mean, it looked like a road dog. It had the it had, had buckle wear real, on the back, really nice wear on it. Um, on the top horn, it had a really which you don't see a lot on Les Pauls. Mm-hmm. I feel like. So anyway, I messaged. Well, I commented and then I was just like, is it original? He wrote Mm -hmm. back. Yeah, it is. Then I had to go run some errands and I came back and I messaged and I saw it was sale pending. So I messaged him and I said, sir, uh, you know, if you know, it is this is this sold. I don't really know what sale Mm -hmm. pending means on Facebook. I'm new to this shit. And he basically said, hey, man, you know, thanks for reaching out. It's uh, the guy paid me already, but he's got to come pick it up still. And I don't know where he is, but the guy's in Indiana, so we could... You know, I i Dude, texted let's go you. stake
1: out Munster Town. I mean, and let's see what they got.
0: It's an hour and a half away. I was like, damn, we could get over there and like ha- do lunch, be back. i think I'd take home a by run three. out to Indy with you, anywho. I, well, I'd, I'd bring you regardless to buy pretty much mm. any Les Paul. I think, unless it was just something insane for a sight unseen deal.
1: Yeah, but you've, sometimes you just got to take it, take the leap.
0: I would have taken the leap on this. Uh, I will say for the price, uh, we won't give an exact price
1: in case it pops back up. Mm. Should we talk numbers? I
0: could talk numbers on this. It thing. was
1: in the range of of, of of sub where you'd want it to, where you You'd, I don't. I, it's hard to say because yeah, are we gonna? I think I think for Fuck for the it. for the fact that you might be able to get it. Let's. I mean, if you want to say the number, that's. I'll fine, say I the care. number. I, it was twenty four hundred bucks. I thought. Oh, I thought it was even less than
0: that. No, it was twenty four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Maybe 21 Twenty no. one. No, it wasn't that low. I think it was let's just say 24. I'm pretty I sure think that's it was 24, what it was. yeah. Anywho, I was like Which that's is not a good like du-
1: insane. It's it's cheaper than what's happening It's right not now, free. But that's still not like yeah, it's not like and it's, it's $1200. It's, $1, it's a lot of money to go spend studio. on a guitar, you yeah. know,
0: for sure and to drive 2 hours to go check it out. But the guy met so anyways, uh, you know, he messaged me back. Um it's uh it's paid for but the guy's got to pick it up Saturday. If he doesn't, I'll let you know. Gotta and I was come, like I was just couple, like
1: we can update next week. We could.
0: And I was like thanks so much man, you know, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure he'll come get it cuz it's it's sweet. And then he was like, yep. And then he starts writing me messages. And we developed like a friendship. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because he was just like a sweet older got guy. You met a new pen pal. He was just like, hey, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, it's too heavy for me. I've owned it since 83. It was my main guitar. But now I just play my PRS 22. Yeah. And I was like, man, I almost wanted to write. And I'm not a dick, but I almost wanted to be. You're like, not. No, no, I'm not, dude, because I've collected stuff. And if anyone ever did this to me, I'd be pretty pissed. But basically he was like. You know, I, I thought about, I fantasized about the idea of being like, you're selling this way too fucking cheap. You should cancel the right, sale yeah. and make like at least another thousand dollars on it. I think. Mm. I mean, on Reverb right now, those are going between thirty five hundred all the way up to like six grand. People
1: are they're asking. actually selling or what? They're that's no, that's what they're, that's asking. What they're yeah. asking. But like, you know, I think it's fair. Six I mean, grand for an eighty one. You I can it's lick insane. my taint. That's on a get, that. That's a good. That's a good. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, man. We I talked. Think, what do we learn from this? Pull the trigger if if, if you feel it yep. tingle in your Again, heart. Again, we've it's talked. Still about not that. over. Th- that there is still hope There's in hope. this one. There's hope. So I hope for you, and 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 I love that you're 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 throwing balls at freaking lesters, it's, baby. It's
0: gonna be it's gonna be any time. Dave's
1: gonna have an old lester. If my oh, car my. stays together in one Let's piece. Do it. It'll be. Fun. Oh baby, I love it. Okay, well we've got to get into a little bit of uh, BFI here because. Unfortunately, we've had uh, we have a death in that, uh, a couple of them actually. The first one happened this morning. Uh, we talked about already. you're me and you, Dave. Uh, yeah. I, this morning, as of the recording of this, uh, unfortunately, rock icon Meatloaf died. Yeah, man. At the age of 74. I didn't know the Bad Out of Hell trilogy has sold 65 million oh my combined God. of the three. The first one you know I, was that was the, like the majority over 40 45 right. something like that but still 65 million records and then also to have the versatility to do all the acting and stuff man mm-hmm. that dude was a was a powerhouse
0: yeah it just shows you know you can be you can be fat and old and still be rocking man I mean, still rocking it's it, he was awesome i think he's an icon to a lot of people um i never really heard a bad thing about him so you know it's it's great to see and you know what i loved was the artwork i was thinking about my neighbor had uh all three lps or maybe the first two mm-hmm. and it was bad out of hell and then bad out of hell Two back into hell i believe ba- was you the gotta name go back it. in which is so great and it's like both ones he's riding a flaming motorcycle and there's like caves and just yeah. you know castles and shit it was very cool he had, he had a cool brand i feel like you know it was word.
1: like a frank frizzetti painting you know yep. but instead totally. of course it's a motorcycle you're absolutely right that's a good so bad yeah so r.i.p meatloaf man also unfortunately, we've got to say R.I.P. A, an, a massive icon to our listeners' base. I would imagine, uh, in general, uh, Alexander Dumble passed away this that's, week.
0: Oh man, that's a that's a tough one.
1: So many people saying great stuff about him, yeah. but the fact. Well, I shouldn't say so many actually, because the fact is, is he didn't not everyone got to play his amps so not everyone can even know but yeah. he's had such a massive influence everyone trying to make Dumble sounding quote-unquote pedals and amps and yeah. whatever for a long time uh so we gotta say r.i.p to alexander Dumble. i mean the heavy i gotta say dave I, I know that you have him and i have i got to play one of his amps yeah before.
0: i haven't man i'm jealous yeah. i i know that people have made would duck- you
1: do would you have done it if you were like in a room would you plug into a dumble? would you do it if like- it was just there yeah oh yeah but like in front of people yeah i think so you know what i mean because it's like one of those things it's like oh what I, like playing the burst everyone's or gonna, whatever you're you right know?
0: um it would have been it depends who but like okay, yeah. you know like if uh, if it showed up at my practice
1: space and oh. it was just my buddies <sighs> obviously yeah
0: we're all playing that yeah thing. um but yeah I, like you were probably at cme or something I'm no assuming.
1: i was at i was in our nam uh, no i was in uh our friend adam's living room okay because he him and his brother bought it and me and brad and him got to spend the whole afternoon with it one day oh so that's not
0: a nerve-wracking situation it
1: wasn't first because well first of all i'll be honest it was because it was i'd never even seen a dumble at yeah. that point in my life let alone played one so i was like holy shit this is that and then it's like in this dude's fancy condo in river north so like i was like oh my god so can everybody hear her? And, and and that but after you know playing a little bit and then warming up we i mean we we eventually fully opened that thing up. Yeah, which one was it? it he had a. An, it was an overdrive special. Is that the combo? And it there had and combo versions. Right. He had a combo one by twelve, and then also a matching twelve-inch speaker oh, cabinet. Wow, cool. And I can't. It's really bothering me. But off the top of my head, I could probably figure it out and find out for the symphony next week. But it was it previously belonged. All all Dumble Amps basically at some point originated with a famous person because <laughs> yeah. he made amps specifically for people. So it was someone famous as amp. I don't remember whose it was. Uh, but my if I can just do a little humble brag, which we get to do every A Dumble Brag? A Dumble Brag. Usually you're quick with those do. ones. That was man. great, man. Honestly, that made my weenie tingle. Uh, so when he was selling that amp, because he no longer owns it, unfortunately, and he lives off in, in San Diego now. Adam, if you're listening, we love you. Hi. And uh, former pr- proprietor of FenderReissue.com. Yeah. Uh, great guy. He, uh, so Joe, Joe, Bo, Joe Bonamassa himself was interested in the amp. And when I was there, Adam took a couple cell phone videos of me playing the amp. And when Joe Bonamassa was interested in the amp, Adam sent him the the video clip of me playing oh, the Dumbo lamp no not even knowing and joe bonamassa said quote nice licks hold on yes. have we talked about this i don't know
0: we cuz we had a whole like half a jobo episode once uh, not too long ago i think it was after we got back <gasps> together
1: half a jobo episode and we
0: talked on jobo for a while <laughs> um so h- maybe how did this not come up that's I that's amazing maybe so I, jobo's heard maybe you my play. brain's
1: broken uh, Jobo heard me and play, you play and see me play and see me play a strat into a Dumble you straight love straight into <laughs> a Dumble prop. This was I don't even know ten years ago maybe. Wow. And uh, and it was it was a very fancy. I don't know if it was master built. It was definitely custom shop John Mayer like ten thousand dollar strat. Yeah. Straight into
0: was that the a same Dumble. day that you guys kind of jammed on it all day and stuff or yeah. was that was it before the we warmed up.
1: It, you know, honestly, I think I have those little clips somewhere. Yeah. I remember coming up on them at some point of several years ago and being like, "Yeah, those are okay." Like, well, I I course. sound stoned. Of course, and you're like, better now too. Like, oh, the, I'm better, and, and I and the, that was at a part my, point in my life where I was I was like playing guitar and it was during volcanoes. But I probably I'm definitely better now. Was it properly way. mic'd or was it like a cell phone? Video? Oh no, it was just like a, an iPhone four yeah. or something. Right, right, know? right. It wasn't even like a newer one.
0: Now you were talking about getting nervous playing in front of people. How would you have played, or would you even have played, if you knew he was going to see that video?
1: Probably worse. Because I was
0: assuming he sent it
1: after you didn't know. That oh, I was, didn't know. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea any of that happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How nerve wracking would that? He see, been, like man. He sent me like I think he sent me like a screenshot of the email or something. Oh, that's so cool. And,
0: you gotta uh, frame that,
1: dude. I gotta find it. Yeah. Nice licks, and. Uh, I don't I don't think I would have played any better probably at the time yeah I might have I might have tried to overplay a bit more I played sort of like sort of the style of music I was playing at the time which was kind of rock alternative rocky bass but also I you know I was because it's that amp and it's a strat I was kind of throwing in some more you know Hendrixy Stevie Ray kind of bullshit you know so there it was it was something that Jobo could get into so I did I did
0: mention an off color thing on the text when we found out and I I, part of me feels bad, but we are the GearBuds, and I'm going to bring it up, and you can cut it out if you want. But I think, it, honestly speaking, you know how much in price do you think those amps are going to actually go up as collector's items now that he's passed away? They have
1: to go up because there will be no more. And for
0: people who don't know, which I hope you do because you'll see in the GearBuds, those amps are...
1: Already $100,000 yeah, plus. And yeah. even at that point, they're already that expensive. Right. Now they're... Way more, and you know, now he just died. I've so seen people who have go like
0: done copies of those. They try to sell them for twenty, thirty thousand dollars. You know, of
1: course, like a that. whole so, yeah. amp companies have whole. tried to do it, and that's kind of the weird part about it is that he would listen to the player, and then they would work together on a circuit, and then for he would customize the amp for them yes. and their sound and what they're trying to accomplish. So it's right, it, and it's amazing that he even had the ears and ability yeah. to translate that. But also, it then when you not that person with not that guitar and that yeah. gear and fingers. Tone bone tone, you're gonna to sound different. I mean, it's probably still gonna be badass because it's still a dope amp, but like, it's not gonna be you, right? And that's that's I I would I feel I guess you know yeah I, I feel a little lucky and I've gotten to work with Balthazar in that kind of way and like play an amp and like have someone tweak stuff and yeah wow like in like. real time and and i mean you know of course this was like no fault of ball is early. i think he's also a genius but uh, you know the world hasn't started paying spending a hundred thousand dollars on his amps just <laughs> sure. yet so it's a little different but it's it's still pretty cool to like think about what that must have been like with him and then i can answer your question oh, no hundred thousand thousand billion percent it's going to go off dude percent, oh my god yeah. for agree. sure that's it's wild Let's keep the symphony rolling. God, I'm just skipping over a bunch of stuff. Are you? Well, dude, I'm loving this. Today. I know, but we're, the great. thing is, we're I mean, that's the thing is, like we're. we're oh, we got a lot. We got, we some, we got, some, got beef, some. meat on the we bone. We got some out. meat on the bone. <laughs> <laughs> we've got some stuff to get through here. <laughs> so the last thing I kind of want to get to in the symphony here is this. I read this really awesome article. It was an interview, an interview done recently with Tom Weber, who I didn't know his name before this, but I guess for like the end for the last. 13 years of his life, he was Eddie Van Halen's guitar tech. Okay. And he recently did an interview on some podcast. I don't know what it was, but I could share that if the world is interested. Either way, I want to tell a story that I found super interesting from that, and that was about how he got the job, which I think this is super crazy, and I never... It makes sense when you think about it, but ultimately I, know, I, I understand why he got it and I didn't, we'll put it that way. So he flies out to LA and this guy Matt Brock picks him up who I think it works for Van Halen or something. Uh, they go to the studio and uh, basically Eddie's not there, but they hand him a guitar and they're like, set this guitar up. Okay. Like take it home, whatever, like take it to whatever, you know, back your hotel or something, set it up. Okay. No instructions. Uh- and so he tells a story about how he he thought about it for like a week and he remember and he realized a couple things. One that he had met Eddie once before, like years ago, and that he had a real strong handshake. Oh, wow, it's a good sign of a, of a good man. And then two is that he's also a classically trained pianist. And so, you know, a piano isn't tuned where it's like every note is perfect, a piano piano's tuned to be in, in tune with itself. Right. So those two things in mind, he decided not to set it up so that when you play like the open notes, they're in tune. And this is why I'm gonna go to my notes here okay. because there's some detail This here. is interesting. He says when you strike a guitar to tune it, the note starts out sharp then settles into pitch. This is a quote. Ed Van Halen is not going to stay in one place long enough for the note to settle into pitch. He's also a classically trained penis, so the strings open on the guitar don't mean anything. They have to be in tune with themselves when he's playing in any given song. To overcome this problem, Weber temper tune the guitar in the fifth position, so at the fifth fret, and, quote, split the, dif- the difference, a process that left the high D sharp string, because he played E flat at this point, D sharp, oh, yeah. uh, left that high string 14 cents flat, but in tune <laughs> relative to the other strings. It was a risky move. So this is how, like, he's like, here, what are we going to do? Because that's how he knew how to do it. He, no, he was like, well, he's like, this is how I think Eddie will play best on this guitar. Yeah. I've never met, you know, I've never set up a guitar for him. He's never told me what he likes. This is what I think. Boom, sends it back. It was a risky move. In his own words, if I played one of Ed's guitars the way that I play my own guitars, I'd sound like a blithering idiot. I'd be so out of tune. The guy who... Originally, you know, picks him up and takes him over to the shop or whatever. Comes back and he's like, "Dude, I've been with him for 17 years. You're the closest so far. Here's another guitar. Like, let's make sure this was whoa. A, so it was w- like a job well, interview, yeah. Well, oh dude, my god, didn't realize like... it. So he's getting a second job interview. interview, man. They bring him back for the second interview. Here's another guitar. We're not going to tell you what he liked or you know, wow. let's make sure this wasn't like a fluke. They were just like, do another one, do another one. Here's here's another one. Of his guitars that they're like he's he's using right now, delivered once again. So. Upon trying the guitar out in front of Weber, so that the second the second time he like comes back to meet Eddie with him, sure, he only had to play one chord, unplug, and Van Halen said, "quote It's perfect. Where have you been all my life?"
0: No way! Uh, oh yeah. my god, that's the coolest. I mean, what a compliment! That's insane. Yeah, and that if I mean that's that changes the way I almost look at his guitar playing too.
1: Totally. You like, know what he You know what? You know what this guy, this, our the, our buddy Weber replied when he said, "Where have you been all my life?" He goes on the other end of the phone, waiting for you to fucking call me. He's <laughs> had my phone number since 1987. <laughs> That's good. But yeah, man. seriously, you think about it. I mean, you to in order to get to that Van Halen thing, you just further proves that you have to have those Van Halen hands because yep.
0: Anybody else wouldn't make that sound. I,
1: if I picked up that guitar, if you picked up that guitar and tried to play it, we'd be like, this thing's broken here. Yes, yeah, take it, it back for me, please. Wow. Yeah,
0: I didn't know that about him.
1: Crazy, bud. That's so cool. Yeah. You know what else is so cool? What? I get to say my two favorite words that you got to say last week. Yeah. And I'm going to say them now. Get out those freaking notes. Notes. Folks, get out your notepads because you're going to take notes on Dave's notes that he's got got for days. Down.
0: This could be a Dave and Hank stocks. You sent it to me last week.
1: <gasps> Wait, what? What is
0: it? Did you watch it? What? The Tower Records documentary. Didn't watch it yet. Ah, okay. Dang it! I've, I, I saw it.
1: I, I watched a couple of things That's okay. I saw it show. Well, I'm thing. gonna tell
0: you all about it. Okay, I mean, not too much because you're gonna go watch it. I'll pro- you no. Know?
1: You can tell me just the okay. our listeners. Just throw right it out. Okay, so what's it called? All things must pass. It's all like, things must pass. Yes, yeah. and they they use the song at the end. They do. Yeah. Oh, so it has a meaning. Strings. It has a meaning. Okay, so it's about Tower Records yeah so stores.
0: first of all i want to say uh this is a 2015 movie it's on youtube mm. if you want to watch it um it's actually direct uh, directed by colin hanks not produced oh, but directed so that was, tom's little boy tom's little, you know uh, little orange, baby boy. orange county i think he was the actor in that it was pretty good he movie. was um, a couple two tree things it's a gravitas studios doc which i i made a note of because I feel like Gravitas and Magnolia do really good documentaries.
1: Couldn't agree more. I couldn't my friend.
0: list them off the top of my head, but if it says that in the beginning, it's probably going to be pretty. good. You're in for a, a wild ride. And I would say it's fucking fascinating, man. Okay, so cool. Uh, real quick, so they, you know, um, the owner, kind of founder, was Russ Solomon.
1: Careful, you're about to bump over my TV or other. Oh, man, buddy. Right, I'm coming forward a little bit. That's man. right. You know, I'll, I'll cut this out, but uh, I've been shopping for a new one, so. <laughs>
0: So oh, go ahead and break away. Just
1: fucking bash it. Um, give me a reason to go get one. So, Russ Solomon
0: was the founder. His father owned a drugstore called Tower Drugs, I think, or Tower okay. Pharmacy. It was Wh-
1: around what year was this?
0: 19, late 50s, probably. Because okay. um, the first Tower Records opened in 61. Where was that? And that was in Sacramento.
1: Dang, dude, you're a total pro. Yeah.
0: Hit so me with those answers. He started that because they were starting to sell. So, the, the pharmacy sold everything. They'd sell like beer, they'd sell, you know, drugs, obviously. Sacktown, baby. Fucking groceries. They got it, they got it all um and he was like and the, the the dad was like well we could make some money selling 45s they had like I think there was a place that had like lots, forty-five,
1: of and not cars or not guns. Say not guns, but not cars either, uh, or ounces of alcohol. Yeah, for the listeners who don't those know, sh- little ra- those little the, little boy round, the records. tiny records
0: with the big circle in the middle. Not the compact disc
1: discs, one, not though. the ones,
0: the plastic ones. But anywho, well, the black plastic yeah. ones. So anywho, they uh, they start buying these up, and they're just selling secondhand forty-five records out of the store, and they're cool. ma- they're buying them for like ten cents, and they're selling them for like a you know ninety or eighty cents, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're making a huge turnover. So then they basically just decide like, all right, you know, we could get into the record business. So then they yeah. find like wholesale records places. Well, the dad's like, dude, I'm running the pharmacy. I'm actually getting ready to retire. If you want to do a record store, mm. pick out a you know find a building. This is gonna be your thing. And I think they opened it kind of next door to the pharmacy originally, and then they moved to a location in um, San Francisco. I think. Oh wow. And that's where shit started to get pretty. Oh crazy. wow. Because he bought a he bought a fucking building. And he hired a bunch of young kids to work. Uh oh. Have you watched the trailer? I mean, I haven't watched the somewhere. trailer. All right. I don't well,
1: watch trailers, man. They give away too much.
0: I I usually watch the first half of the trailer and then I decide <laughs> I'm like, because yeah. they do. They give you the whole movie. They hire a bunch of like little little kids to like 15, 16, 17 year olds oh to God. run it. And they're paying them dick. But they're also like at this time, you know, it's mid 60s. I think 65 is when they open the San Francisco store. They just start. I mean, they're they're smoking weed in the back. They're fucking drinking all day like they're partying. And their rule is like. You can party all you want, but don't call in like you have to you have show, to show up. up. So if you have to like sleep here and wake up, somebody's got to open the door in the morning. Like we don't give a shit what you do during the day. Mm-hmm. If you, even if you go home, we don't care. But like open the store, make it happen. Anyways, so that was kind of the philosophy through the entire existence of Tower Records. Really? From 61 and because this even started in the smaller store next door and then from 60. So early 60s all the way to I think it was like 2006 when they finally closed.
1: How many, store. what, at like the, when they, at their height, do you know how many, like how many tower records were there?
0: Oh man, so many at the height. So I think the height was the nineties. Well, so it, it gets kind of crazy. They start expanding on the West coast. They start expanding to, you know, uh, Arizona down to San Diego. Like there's an LA store was the huge store, mm-hmm. you know, in LA, once they did the LA store and I think it was like the mid sixties or late sixties, 68, 69, they started having like rock stars in there, like Jimi Hendrix would go in there, Jim Morrison, Elton John would go there every day. What? Yeah, he would be there at nine in the morning. They'd open at ten. He'd be waiting outside in his car, go in there and buy records. Need me a record, mate? Didn't know he was a big record fan. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Who would have guessed? I mean, a Elton huge, you know, John. Yeah, who'd have thought? Anyways, um, so that was cool. And then so they're all around the West Coast, and then he's like, "What did they do? They went to Japan for some reason. I don't think it was necessarily to open a store. They just went there on a vacation." And they found a tower records and they're like we didn't open this and it was just a it was just a store that was called Tower records and it was packed So then they talked to the guys who owned it and they're like dude tell you what we're not gonna be like a retailer We'll we'll like wholesale sell you like our shit, you know We're not doing the deal all the way But like if we can sell you wholesale you can give us the profits and like keep this thing open or whatever and they do that And then right away the guy's like it's going gangbusters like the first day they open, you know, it was packed all day He's like we've got to just start opening stores in Japan so, I think when the. I think now, I can't say how many there were. There were probably like eight stores in Japan that were mm-hmm. open at the peak of everything happening. And they were huge, man. I mean, from open to close, selling all fucking day. Wow. Like, there was never a slow moment at the store. So, are there any left today? It's funny you should ask. So, there are. So, the movie kind of, you know, you find out. Well, there's a few things that happen. I'll get to that because yeah. this is kind of a cool ending. There are. So they're doing. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my shit
1: here. And I'm, I'm, I'm a, looking at I'm your a, shit too. With your little grape pants on. I'm a little
0: high. I got the grape pants on. Got my got my grape. I got the gray grape grape smuzzlers on. on. Grape smuzzlers. Smuzzlers. Um, Smuzzle brothers. Oh, then they moved to New York. They open up a store in New York. That's when shit is like going crazy. So basically, the store is like can't be stopped. The problem is the there's two owners. There's like the party guy who owned it, like the Russ guy who started it, yeah. and then there's Bud. Bud liked to party too, but he was like the businessman. Mm-hmm. They were kind of around the same age. Um, and so they're kind of like the old dogs now. You know, they got all the kids running everything. They got everybody managing shit. They're just doing deals. They're trying to open stores. They basically become like Step real estate Stepping max cash and checks. Exactly. You know, they say uh, stack them high and sell them low. Oh, you know? baby. I know. I liked that. I got that from the doc. And uh, so anyways, they start buying up shit in like Europe and like crazy stores, you know, Amsterdam, fucking you name it, like major cities in Europe, uh, South America, India, whatever. They're opening Tower Records. This is right before Napster's starting to roll in. And there's there's some interesting dun, interviews dun, where like they were like, You never dun, knew dun, that this thing was dun, gonna dun, dun, collapse. <laughs> they couldn't see the storm coming, man. It's pretty fucking crazy. Damn. Cause they were talking about there's an interview where they, they're talking to Russ, the main good dude, and he's like yeah, he's like this thing will blow over. Like people still always want to collect records and buy records mm. and have collections. Obviously, he's not wrong. We enjoy collecting records to an extent, but to the mass pop that was buying them before. Mass pop.
1: Yeah, dude. I'm buzzwords all day. You're killing it. That is wow. Okay, so Napster's coming.
0: Limewire. They just
1: go Kazaa, BearShare. They just can't afford Audio Galaxy. All these
0: stores that they open, so they had to have the bank lean against. Oh my god. Everything they owed. And then of course when the bank comes in, they fire everybody.
1: They start hiring their own people to fire people. Mm-hmm. And it's a
0: fucking mess. The store is not what it what it was, right? So it's the fucking saddest thing. Wait, so they-
1: did you ever give me like a, do you have any ballpark numbers how many tower records there were? Total? Yeah, like at one point, you know, was it like twenty? Was it like a oh, hundred? They like might added?
0: have mentioned it, but they kinda like they showed a map of it when they opened the Japan stores. And it was uh-huh. like nine stores just in Japan. Right. There were at least in the States, at least like 20, okay. I think, in like major cities all yeah, over the state. But States. they're
1: always big, sort of like giant yeah. experiences. It was never like a small, just like no. hey, little tower records inside big, the mall or big whatever. Big square
0: footage. It was never like a drive up. The other thing that happened during this perfect storm was Walmart and Best Buy started being like, well, dude, we'll sell these records for $10. You guys are charging $18 mm-hmm. for This is CD boom, by the way. Yeah. We're talking CDs now. Because um, CDs were great. They could actually charge more for CDs. They were cheaper to produce. Yeah. So it was a way bigger thing. And, um, everybody was making more money and then like Walmarts came in, targets, Best Buy, and they're like, dude, we can, we can sell these for nine bucks instead of 19. Mm -hmm. And so they were undercutting them at the same time that the Napster boom was coming in too. So it just, it, the whole thing collapsed on itself. They had to, you know, like I said, get the banks in to fire people. And then it just really fell apart. Then the bud, uh, bud, the kind of the businessman guy, he dies. And the one guy's still alive or at least was in the documentary And you're kind of like bummed out. I'm like, this is a fucking shitty way to end Mm -hmm. this, you know. And then they've got this scene where they Dave Grohl's talking. Dave Grohl's kind of. Oh my
1: god! Thank you for saying that, dude. He swoops in. in He swoops
0: in like the Phoenix man. Oh my god! And he said, uh, he's like, yeah, we were in, we were on tour in Japan, and I we land, and you know, we're going through through Tokyo or whatever city it was. He he doesn't remember, and he goes, there was a Tower Records, and I'm like, we're fucking going in there Mm -hmm. because you know this is where I grew up, you know. And he goes in, and he's like, "It was Tower Records, you know, the total Dave Groway style." And they're playing the happier music, and he's like, "There's fucking Tower Records. I'm back in like, you know, they had like the displays were like a really big thing with Tower Records. So they would do like listen,
1: pop the cans on, like
0: the 3D display. They show like the Nirvana one with the baby and the water in the background. Oh, the baby's on another la- like it all kind of yeah. comes out at you. They they invested like they started that whole thing too, which was pretty cool, like from a design standpoint. So cool. Anyways, he's like, there's fucking Tower Records. Come to find out at the very end, you know, spoiler alert, there's like 85 Tower Records in in Japan alone. And I think Japan's the only place that has them.
1: That's amazing. Dude, we got to go to Japan. Yeah. Let's go. For so many reasons. For Tower Records. I would 100% prioritize going to Tower Records in Japan.
0: I liked the movie, man. It you was, liked it. It was a good start to finish. Yeah. Uh, it was well told and honest. It, they interviewed, you know, all like a lot of people who worked there. So it wasn't just like a narration, like a boring thing like that. A
1: lot of Rocky stories talking about their t- uh, really? the history with uh, the stuff. Elton
0: John was talking.
1: Um, Dave and I, swooping And in. then
0: Dave swooped in a few times, but they kept, I think they had to spread out the five minute interview he did over like, yeah. you know, kind of just to keep, him, he's
1: even in the trailer. It's like, <laughs> like, was there any gear spotting at any point? You
0: know what? no yeah
1: there wasn't one guitar in that whole movie wow i apologize for that gearbud fans but uh yeah never even like oh we've got the goo goo dolls playing at our opening or you know i'm trying
0: to think man no they showed a few scenes where like these they throw these massive christmas parties uh, and stuff but yeah they didn't show like a band
1: seven dust to play our christmas party. seven dust rules
0: um it was good uh what do you you got from a gear standpoint it's not as high as some of the ones i've read because there's not you know a, a, a dock of days a solid dock i gave it seven and a half records Oh, yeah, super original. <laughs> well, let rating. it
1: be. Let it be committed to the records, Seven and a half records.
0: When when was the last time? Because they were talking about this in the doc. When was the last time you went? in? And obviously, we're you know we're kind of getting out of the pandy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Pre pandy, loved going to the record store. Yeah. right? Reckless Records. Reckless probably. usually
1: is my, my go to. Yeah,
0: I think I went into the new location once, but when they were at the old location, mm-hmm. I was going in there all the time. I right? would I would One, estimate every every
1: most of my collection sitting next to me right now was bought at that original milwaukee reckless location i have i have also bought a bunch of records at the newer one yeah um i have gone in i think once and like in this like reopened world and maybe bought a record but i think that was it
0: the an interesting thing they brought up um just as we're talking about it i'm thinking more about this movie but like and this is kind of interesting with, with the work world in general uh, the people that worked at how- Tower Records were legit music fans. They were kids and they partied and stuff, but mm-hmm. all they did was listen to records all day. The newest stuff that would come out, they would know back catalogs. They'd know what they have, what they didn't have. Um, I feel like, I mean, there's jobs where people are experts, but that's an interesting like retail job. You could go work at The Gap and know like a little bit about Jeans or whatever, and they mm-hmm. teach you some stuff. But to know about like how many records Elton John's released and if we have these in stock off the top of your head is pretty fucking
1: amazing. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I, at Reckless, they, and, they and keep it's a dying, that, it's a dying breed, but there are still some independent they keep stores that, that do it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Like, I remember the last time, this was on the other side, when they were the original location, but I remember, like, somebody asked. I was writing to check out, and somebody in front of me was like, hey, do you have this, this, and that? And he didn't even need to look it up. He's like, oh, I think we have, like, one or two copies
1: left over there. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. It's a
0: cool, kind of, like, really niched thing, you know? You know what's pretty cool, Dave? What? You. <laughs> you too. And that, and, that,
1: and, that, and that great review. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I got to say, folks, other other. Music documentary weekly reviewers protect your strap. Dave's coming for you. Come for that strap. Coming for that strap. You like how I just peppered that in you after did. you taught me that earlier, yeah. and I had yeah. to ask you what you meant. Used it in context today. Thanks. Yeah, that's how that's how you learn words. Appreciate you teaching me that. Here we go. Future gear. Let's dive in. We've got a couple new pieces of gear. We got some stuff to talk about, and then we've got. I read a really interesting article, and I kind of wanted to go through it with you because this is very relevant to things that we talk about on this show let's go here we go starting off oh folks as you might have guessed us ding dongs have not finished dave's jazz bass yet oh yeah but what you might not know is that we've scheduled a little plan situation to drive down to casa del stingray studio uh shop and he's going to Drum it for us and take care. We're of we're doing like the right. We're doing it the right way. I think so too. Yeah. So it's it's exactly where we left it last week. Literally, I haven't touched it. But and I was actually kind of thinking about how um, how, bump, how much of a bummer that is. It's like, damn, I've had your base that I wanted. To you play, can't even just, play like, it. sitting here, and I can't even fucking. I know. Play well,
0: it. I was kind of hoping I was like, well, if you just want to wire it up while I'm not there, like you get a week to play with it.
1: Yeah, but it's still it'll just be like I it be like oh no, like yeah, you can't do gonna, it yeah. now. Yeah, obviously. So, so. we'll get there. A. With all good
0: things, it's a patience or something like that.
1: And in the in the interest of keeping up on deals, I just wanted to share a good one that Let's I talk made. Some deals. I uh, I might I made have made a pretty big swap this this past weekend. Do I know about this? You got it. You sat inside it today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like another one.
1: <laughs> it's right out front. It it's took right my parking spot today. It did, yeah. So I folks, I managed to trade a bunch of pr- plastic bricks for uh, a, a working living breathing automobile and i'm feeling good about that in the in the grand scheme of trades and flips and gear and any deal i've ever done in my life and there have been hundreds i've got to say that i might have i might have topped myself that might be it congratulations
0: man it's a thank it's you a beautiful
1: machine got myself a nice old used swedish automobile and uh made in the good old us of a and uh I like it, and I'm happy, and I traded I was trying to I've talked about it a little bit on this show, simultaneously trying to both get rid of a giant collection of Lego that I had amassed and felt overwhelmed by, and also get an automobile, and mm-hmm. I got more offers than I you might have thought for which with such a thing, but the, the fact is, is that Lego is very valuable right now, and it's more popular than ever, and I have great taste and only got good stuff, so I've got a lot of stuff that people want to get, so yeah. We made the deal Smart and roof. it happened, so I'm very excited. Yeah, it's
0: a I you know I, I won't say specifically what it is because I don't want anyone to like, I don't, like, track come it down and exactly come fuck with you. But uh, it's a beautiful car, and I think it fits you very well. Oh, um, and I think it'd be safe to say you could haul some gear in it if you wanted to.
1: Definitely toss some stuff in the back. Yep, can't wait to do that. Actually, you know something that I would really like to toss in the back of it, Dave. What? It's a it's a piece of gear that you and I both watched in a little music video earlier this week. And that is the Hydra.
0: Oh, my God. I was hoping we were going to talk about this thing.
1: I made a boo-boo, but we're going to be able to talk about it because I didn't I forgot to go back and take like very specific notes. Like I watched the video. Right. And then was like, I'm going to go back and take notes on the video. And then I, I just remember some never of the features it. of it. I do, too. So okay, let's talk let's about go it. Those. Folks, if you haven't seen it, actually, just look. I, at- I'll never say this ever again. Stop our show. Yeah. Go spend two minutes search ibanez the hydra yeah and watch that video and come back because as much as spoiler alerts exist this is the biggest we've ever given because you cool. want to see this before we talk about. i
0: mean it. the trailer's out there so you know we're not spoiling anything
1: ibanez made i guess what would you say it's a three neck ish it's a guitar?
0: three neck guitar it's a three neck instrument three neck instrument
1: it has a seven string electric guitar it has a 12 string electric guitar
0: well, now, this is where I was confused. Yeah. Because it has a switch for 12 string. Does that, does that, like,
1: is that variable? No. So the switch was to turn it, like, just to be able to access that neck. Right. And the interesting thing about that, everything has, like, a weird little twist and doodad, yeah. folks. Uh, it, it looks like a dragon Hydra head, essentially. It's insane. Three headed. Like... Oh, Hydra is a three headed. I can't even dragon. describe it It's, yeah, it's they, so crazy. Hey there, Hank. Hey. And so. But we should have to mention that the 12-string, now that I'm thinking about it, the bottom 12 frets were all fretted, and then the top 12 frets were fretless. So it's a 12-string where the fretless from the 12th through the 24th fret right. is a, just a fretless instrument. And
0: the bass is also half fretless.
1: And the bass is half fretless on um, one on half of the two neck. sides of Right, the so, which is, I've seen that yeah. before. Like the low know. E and A the are The low like are normal. fretted, and yeah. then you can do some fancy... Some Dude, bleep, that would, bleep? That would, If I were to... I would love to try to play oh, that. If I were to have like the ultimate fretless that's what i would want because i can then you can still hold like real pitch on those low notes and then get up on the top notes.
0: you know what? somebody was selling something like that on on reverb and i was now that i, th- I was like that's so stupid now i think i am like, i really like No, that's that. super it awesome. was hacked up though like they cut the frets in half themselves sure. so you know uh anyway. it also yeah. had
1: a harp right on it
0: that's where i was confused that's where i thought the third neck was okay so there's the third neck so it's six string 12 string and bass or the, the three seven neck. string Seven strings, sorry. Yeah, yes. so it's you're, almost of kind of of, it's, a, it's, a it's
1: almost like four, but the 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 heart part doesn't have a, a neck. It's yeah. just sort of like, um, it's like on part the part of the bot dragon Yeah, thing, that's you that's know?
0: where I got confused because they kind of zoom in on the on the fingers playing it and I'm like, And folks, know. even
1: as you're hearing us talk about this, you're probably if you haven't seen it like you're probably like these you gotta guys, look why up. are they so excited? Pause what you're doing. The 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 music video is the most Steve Vai thing that's ever existed. It ripped. It's dude. it's like a giant middle finger slash wink, slash I'm still better than all of you all performed on this instrument which has all kinds of midi and crazy doodads it's also super steampunk and it has a bunch of superfluous fake stuff like totally useless tubes and big dials. It had and, tubes
0: on it, which was probably the strangest thing
1: I've ever seen. Yeah, three glowing, glowing green, light up green tubes. tubes. And this is all made by Ibanez. I would have expected something like this to have come from some, you know, just like poo-butt builder in the middle of nowhere. Be like, hey, Steve, I'll do whatever you say and just sure. like give it to you for free. And No, but it was Ibanez like, hey, our best builders in Japan are going to make you this insane instrument. And then there's the song that they use for the video is like Taming the Hydra or yep. something like that. I don't know what the fuck it was yeah. called but it, it had hydra in the title so oh, clearly yeah. this was performed by and for it was written for instrument.
0: the instrument on the instrument right that was my favorite part when they would show you know they show the seven string and then he plays a lick on the seven string and then they show the bass and he does like the low and then the high fret part you know the fretless part yeah and then they say oh it's got a harp too and then it's like De-de-de-de-de. like i don't know if they timed it like that i'm sure they did on purpose maybe like we're featuring Hopefully. these because uh, i listen to that with my headphones on thank yeah. god i didn't just see it on my no. phone and it the sound was crazy. So ripped. definitely throw that throw the phones in. Dan
1: Liu, gotta give him a shout out. He sent it to me. Did I he? saw okay. it on my phone. Was I saw like, it later. Can't watch this on my phone. Yep. Went to the good speakers. Gotta go to the cranked good Cranked that shit. And yeah. I was like, oh my God. It's honestly I was as we were watching, I was watching, I think you're watching right around because I sent it to you right away. It was like I, this is why we have a podcast. Yeah. This video exemplifies everything that we find cool and s- stupid and funny. It really and was. And amazing, all cr- with Steve Vai giving you a big wink and a middle finger right behind it. And,
0: I mean, we always talk about, you know, we love when people just come with, like, totally out-of-the-box ideas. And, yeah, we've all seen, like, double-neck guitars and wacky-neck guitars. But this is this whole thing is a different instrument. It's crazy. Like mm-hmm. Now, what is the... Uh, the Climax, there was a Climaxer knob or something. There, was, there were so many weird there lights so and knobs so many weird
1: fake things, and that they actually featured as real features, but clearly They'd were has they got to be like a tone it, pod if, or if something, was right? if, if it was around April, you I would have been like, is this April Fool? Yeah. But oh, it's yeah. January, folks. That's
0: how the video looked to me. was like an April Fool's. But then you watch it, and you're like, no, they built this thing. Yeah. They, you know, which, by the way, I don't assume they're going to sell it to anybody. It's just no, his, right? That's just for. That's just for. Because then right underneath the video is his tour dates. And I was kind of like, oh, he's going to be. Go see this live. It's with more of a promo. New record, for his tour. Yeah. Which, make, he
1: had a new guitar to go with the new record. It's smart. Dude's a yeah. fucking genius. Yeah. Yeah. I, in many ways.
0: It's going to be something to see. Even man. if you
1: don't like to listen to his music, which I also totally understand, you have to give it up that Steve I just is. He's the man.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's awesome
1: go watch it again folks you listen you really you got me it once. I'm go gonna watch the going go watch that video again. again
0: i want to do a dave's doc
1: just on that just, guitar. Uh, t- t- we're going to break it down in 10 second increments and 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 spend a whole podcast that would be really stupid <laughs> well just for our patreon subscribers only commentary we're going to do it naked next next piece of gear that i want to talk about they and this is close to my heart because i did the cme demo for this pedal when it first came out, oh. a Walrus Audio D1 delay. I saw that. They just released an updated version of it, oh. and they have uh, basically tweaked a couple things. They added a stereo width control, which allows two widening types, panning and a Haas stereo effect. They've added USB so that you can do some firmware updates, and then they've updated the reverse and vintage programs on the, on the delay. It's still 349. My, maybe my favorite Compact delay pedal. I've I was going to say
0: that actually, it's it's the one when I think of Walrus, that's the pedal I think of. That's too. it. Yeah,
1: they they do they do a really awesome in the same footprint uh, reverb mm-hmm. as well as an amp sim sort of deal. Cool. So go get it, folks. We love our we love our Walrus boys around here and girls and guys. You know, this is something that came up to between us earlier this week, and it came up. This is almost like a symphony item here because we talked about it on the pod previously. Okay, and I've got to say, I've got to admit. I was pretty hot at first, and I've cooled down a little bit on it. Dave. Oh man, what do you got for us? I'm refresh my well, memory here. We talked about those Maestro pedals last week. Yes, we did. And they were unveiled to the world for pre-order this week. You were real sla- sad slash disappointed. Yeah, I was kind of a sad bummy boy about it because Let's those talk original Maestro pedals were big, beefer metal, very unique. Very. I'm not talking about the circuits. I'm talking about the actual enclosure They I think how cool or, they, they had so much. It's such a 70s weird, vibe. interesting character and vibe. And they did nothing to recreate that, did they? No, they 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 took the the old logo is still there, which is cool. Yeah. It's just that some of those old Maestro pedals are quite literally my favorite design. Yeah. In terms of aesthetic design, that phaser pedals, pedal, was that phaser three with those three knobs, it? and, oh, and so those, cool. like, there's like a white little inset pinstripe through this whole thing it's so like retro and i the the pedals that i haven't seen in person of course i've only watched a couple videos and looked at their product photos which should make it look as cool as they can possibly look frankly I just don't I don't I'm sorry well I so, don't want to be such a donor but I don't like it well so what they did was and and some companies do this and
0: some don't um I I think it's a little bit of a cop-out as like a graphic designer and being like oh we can just rotate it and turn it a different color and that's the design yeah. and so every pedal has a consistent look which is nice if you have a whole there board is of branding of them. all the cool. all the
1: same knobs and switches are in the same spot which I understand they look cool
0: but to me, they're just
1: boring looking. I, there's something about they. They did this. So I, I haven't seen it in person, but it from it looks like they've done this sort of like. Faux brushed metal kind of mm-hmm. thing to kind of it's like a reflect some of that
0: underneath, yeah, which
1: I don't love. I do think that that with the way because the logo has those three sort of like shooting comets, and that when you turn the pedal on and off, it has three LEDs that light mm-hmm. up. And they're, and I did notice, and I have to give them credit for this, they didn't just use like a pre made little LED, which I'm sure there is behind it, but they made a special lens like, cover that actually fits the shape, yeah, so like that's going to light up in, that's in its cool. own way. So they actually did put a little some care into that, mm-hmm. and, and it I, does. It does and have to look cool dude, the you're part. right that is totally just like the background is like rotating no I look and color. I'm like
0: okay well the triangles face this way now yeah. and it like it even the pattern itself is just very it's like Tetris almost it just doesn't look that it's half
1: circles and triangles was like their yeah. design language they decided. which I, I like the uniformity I get why brands have to do the colors of this like sort of related, and they have to do and all the, the, the same enclosures can right but I just I don't know I, I had a lot I had really high hopes and I think I got my hopes too high.
0: I hope at the me too man because actually I went on a wormhole after that after we talked and i was like dude i want to start looking at maestro pedals again like see if there's a good deal on anything which they're not um and the thing is i wonder if at least in the meeting they're like all right we're going to bring these pedals back Mm -hmm. if the first thought was like let's do them in like the original sized and similar look enclosure but maybe update it just a little bit so it does look different Mm -hmm. um but you know like i think about electro harmonics you know they still sell the micro synth in in a similar casing so it's recognizable as you know, as the the one in the seventies, right? You know, it's a little smaller now and
1: rounded off, but there are needs for the modern guitarist that we all are and have the little pedal boards and like mini pedals. I get that. Are, like they didn't these have aren't be, mini pedals, are they? No, they're <clears throat> not.
0: Like they're, the micro they're their pedals. own unique sort of yeah.
1: bent enclosure looking size, but they're they're certainly Standard. bigger than a boss pedal. It looks okay. like, yeah. You and, know, yeah. I would guess, I would imagine it's probably similar to the size of like an old Holy Grail, like an Electromonics kind mark, of deal, the big muff right there. Or that like a more modern big one, but even it's a different size than that. It isn't that yeah. same enclosure because that is just like a standard Hammond. Box. I was
0: disappointed too. Um, they've now got, where's got the... They've got
1: the Fuzz Tone fz one Yep. They've done the Ranger OD. They've done the Invader Distortion. They've done the Comet Chorus, and they've done the Discoverer Delay. So they didn't do a phaser. They didn't do the freaking <laughs> phaser. And they did. They didn't do i guess the fc1 kind of they said it is it isn't the same circuit but it's like an homage to it mm-hmm. they didn't do any of the classic stuff they did new stuff yeah and and i get like i know that at its core every pedal company needs to have a fucking overdrive and a delay and a course sure. i get that Like they, they have to do that as a pedal company what the pedal companies that do that have though is a first couple one or two three four or five petals that are unique and amazing and, and have some desire behind them and then they're like oh out. we've got to fill in the rest of this line with our tube screen they went and fuzz. it
0: seems like they went straight to mass
1: production on these things
0: which also bums me out a
1: little it's bit. gibson i mean of course they're gonna and I get got, it they're the biggest from a business one of the standpoint yeah. that's
0: fine um it's just it's a little you're, you're right it's a little disappointing now i will say the silver lining to me was the price point
1: Buck forty nine.
0: You can't really argue with that. No. They're not two ninety nine, which we've seen. Like I think Fender just came out with some pedals, like a big line of like kind of a similar thing.
1: Where Fender's pedals are pretty affordable. I thought they were like two ninety nine. No, 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 maybe maybe one or two of them, like the biggest craziest delay yeah. or something. But no, they're that was one of the things I like about those is that they are actually on the affordable maybe that, side. Maybe, and, maybe I'm not thinking of the right I, one. I'll, I'll be honest, from the looks alone. Let alone the pedals themselves, I would choose almost any of the fenders. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted them to keep them. Keep I wanted Maestro the... weird. Maestro's been weird, and I yeah. and I'm sorry. And I'm skidding I gotta I gotta take some deep. There, breaths. This is the place, man. I thought I was Let cooler than I was. Let it out. We get we get worked up in this. You know sometimes. what I noticed? Speaking of getting worked up a little bit. What we've gotten worked up on this show about before and then kind of chilled out on that I noticed on Reverb they've got one of those like Embedded ads up top for Gibson Maestro Pedal Series, yeah, uh, yeah. with a little ad marker around yeah, there, course, you know. So right. Gibson, Gibson is—they de- know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I guess that's what to expect in this day and age. But what a surprise and a nice, pleasant surprise would it be if they were like, "We're doing," a, they can call it a limited series and still make five thousand of them or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like we're going to make these to kind of resemble what they used to be with a little bit of an updated look, but like really the same design. I think that'd be something. I cooler.
1: just, why not try to at least give me, you know, throw the original circuit of one of the things on one half of the switch. And then on the, another half of the switch, give me a new, a new sound. Like, give me the, like, give me something from the old pedals. Give me the wheels or something to tie yeah. it back together. That isn't just the LEDs and the, and the stamp on there. Cause otherwise it just, it, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it felt it feels it feels like a weird cash grab that i don't see succeeding and i want things like maestro reissue pedals to succeed
0: i mean if you if you were going to tell me that the that the fuzz let's say which is like an iconic fuzz mm-hmm. from the original if this one sounded 90% like it, I'd be pretty happy I, It with, probably does. I'd be pretty happy with, like, getting past how it looks and, like, all that and just mm-hmm. being, like, functionally, this is an awesome pedal. I feel
1: that way about most fuzz pedals, though, because fuzz pedals are dope. Like, yeah. I, I, I I agree... Of the but, five, that it's the only one that I have any There are people that in. spend,
0: like, their whole lives trying to chase that exact sound.
1: Sure. You know, so... Um, if you can get really close to it, but with it's not—it's not exact. That's right. the thing. So they're chasing the exact thing. They're not, and that's my only point: is give me the exact thing, and then also give me like something close. Is yeah. it
0: even possible to rebuild the exact thing like from Dude, the seventies? I mean, it—it's
1: never—it's never, it's never going to be didn't, like some, same components, but you right. can. You can use it's, it's it's not the same circuit, you know what right. I mean? Like they could have they, changed, they could use that the would same have been circuit. the big
0: part of it to keep in the, like the brain basically. Like,
1: the brain, baby. The the gray sweatpants of the whole organization. You're loving these gray mm-hmm. sweatpants today.
0: I you know I wear these a lot. This is the first time you really commented. I on. just feel like you're peeking at me. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm man spreading on you right now. That's a, that's gonna be the title of this one. Dave's, Dave's gray sweatpants. <laughs> Great. All right, let's get to the the final the final subject. Of final this thought episode here today, folks you and for us and that is i came across a really cool article on guitar.com and i don't think you saw it because i didn't send it to you and i want to talk bitch. through this stuff because this is something that i feel like is very relevant for the show and cool. this article is about five pieces of iconic guitar gear that were lost to time Ooh. where are they now dave wow all right before i get into this list are there any pieces of lost or missing well, this gear that fair, come to your mind, I had, no, I had no time to think about. I it. know, and that's that's how this show works. But well, I mean, for me. Are there any are there any famous boys that you're like wow where are they Yeah,
0: for me, well, because I'm a bass boy. Uh, I, th- I believe James Jamerson's original bass that he's like on the very few video and photo that they have of him is the one that he's playing the funk, like the uh, main one. He had a couple like what, 62 what was it called Funk? the one that has Funk engraved on yeah. like the um, heel. Because I think another one of his is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's or right. Whatever. But uh, we were talking about it recently, I think. But yeah, that bass to me is something. That's a
1: really good call. That is not on this list. Give me another bass. We always get the shaft, us bass players. Um, Another one that's missing that we've talked about recently on this show that is definitely on this list, and we can talk about it first if you want. Well, not Jocko's bass, right? No. Okay, because that think think bigger, baby. Perhaps the most. This article posits that this bass, if found, would probably be the most valuable instrument ever in history. We did just talk about this. You know what it is? Oh, Paul McCartney's original. Thank you, Dave. Oh, my God. I'm so dumb. I might leave... And it wasn't even that leave long, that but I might, the, I might leave the pause Just in. do it. It's nice. Macca's Hoffner 500 yeah. slash one. And
0: that was probably... When did they say it was stolen?
1: Okay. So the idea... Uh, the, last photographed in those let it be sessions that were in get back and the, the movie so that, that we was' the whole the show one. talking about that was the one so basically the deal is he had that original base we've talked about it a yeah. lot you can go listen to that episode he had that original base played it bought an identical in 1963 retired the original to the backup then and we talked about it he, it got refinished he put those weird black rings on there mm-hmm. brought it to the let it be sessions blah 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 stolen vanished never to be seen again yeah this is where it gets interesting, interesting Dave, because we've got new information. Whoa. 1969 was when that disappeared. That was the year. The guitar, however, wherever it is, is perhaps the most valuable instrument on the planet. And this is the two things I didn't know. His first, or his other 1963 that he has, is currently insured. Guess what do you what do you think that bass is insured at right Oh, now? my God. Let's just say a million. $4 million. Wow. So it's pretty safe to assume that if this they one. found the original, it would be yeah. more... And, and is $4 that one, million dollars.
0: that's the Cavern Club one with the, the pickups are closer together exactly. at, the, uh, at the neck. Yeah. Okay. And then the one that was actually stolen is the one he used. No,
1: no, the one, the one that was stolen is the one where the pickups were close together. That's the one we're talking about. Yeah, that's okay. that's talking what about. I we're talking about. And that's, yep. but that was refinished. It had weird black pick, pickup rings sure. added and shit. It was messed with, yeah. Now, in 2016, there was a biography of Paul McCartney released called Paul McCartney The Life by a man named Philip Norman, who claims that he communicated via email with a person who calls himself, quote, The Keeper. Who claims to have the original base? The keeper claims he is not the thief and seemed open to the idea of returning the base, although probably not for free, and that years have passed and they've not resulted in any further action, not publicly anyway. Wow. The keeper, dog. Can you believe that? I wonder why they wouldn't follow up with something like that. They just don't care. I th- or it's possible that Paul tried to and they hit an impasse. They just didn't talk about it. Or they yeah. did make a deal and he doesn't want the world to Probably not that public, he has yeah. both of the world's most expensive instruments. Right. Yeah. The keeper. The keeper, dog.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Um, all right, well, let's move on because I'll go crazy? down a rabbit hole I, of Paul McCartney here. I, but, I seriously. Like, yeah.
1: Couldn't think. I'm glad you got there because that was, that was, number, cool. that was number three on the list. The first oh, one I been so on weird. this list. I don't, you know, I mean, we've talked about this. I, I love the man, but this isn't as interesting to me. But uh, one one of Prince's three cloud guitars, pro, the, the original and main one is missing. Was stolen? So I, it's, yeah. So Dave Rusan built the original cloud guitar uh, that he used in the film Purple Rain, mm. and then he built him two more that came after it. He because he liked it so much. I guess uh, the story is that Prince had a major affinity for just throwing his guitars to his tech, so they yep. would like break and be repaired all the time. So they've been like shaped and sanded, and, you know. They're not original to what he originally made sure. to them. Uh, the, it gets challenging because there were three guitars. One is now in the S- Smithsonian. That's painted yellow wasn't originally and then there was one that was sold at auction last year which or two years ago now shit that we talked about on the show for over five hundred thousand dollars that is now painted blue but the original still missing Hmm. and it's also they think that that's the original and he thinks that but he can't say for sure without getting them all together uh they because first of all they were repaired so many times and repainted then also uh the the thing is is that dave would like and other people would keep making more of these guitars so it's like even oh. if they find the original they might not it, it's gonna be very difficult to ever figure out Oh, I didn't know the original, there were like, more in circulation there are other people who have made a bunch of clones I got that you. were supposed to be like the originals or right. whatever but they're you know who knows who knows and if you ever come across one, I guess the story is that because he like had to shave it down a few times then and Prince had really small hands his favorite was this one had a very skinny neck that he shaved down wow. so if you ever come across a cloud guitar in the wild and it's got a really real skinny neck that might be a giveaway that and did the they original.
0: say it was it the one from the movie from the purple rain movie? they think it is but it's again it's because they had a few and they have to get all of them together and to they're not say the same sure. color anymore because they were all white at first exactly
1: right? yeah so interesting that's that one another really famous one that we don't need to get too much into because uh we think he's kind of a butthole but the beano burst Eric Clapton's Bino Les Paul as a, as a famous missing guitar. Hmm. That story has been beat to death. We don't need to get too deep into it, but it's a guitar that he used on John Mayall and the Blues Breakers record, and it had Bino written in the neck pickup cavity. They call it the Bino guitar. He was reading Bino magazine. Well, well, it, was on the a, cover. Like it was a 59? So the story is that this is interesting. This is the interesting part that I didn't know about. It was always said to be a 1960 Les Paul. Okay. Made headlines again in the past decade. When, decade when our buddy, which I don't know if this part's going to make it in the show or not, but Jobo, Joe Bonamassa, who's obviously like the pretty much the, he's the collector of bursts, yeah, he's the guy, claims that he knows the whereabouts of this iconic axe in an interview in 2016, claiming quote, "It's in a collection on the east coast of America." That's <laughs> all I can tell you, and that's all I will say. But he also claims the guitar is actually a 59, not a 60. He would know. He would know.
0: Why wouldn't we include
1: that? Joe will We don't, don't want no. to bust him. No, no, the earlier part where I was talking about him uh complimenting me, and I just, I might get bashful and delete it from the oh, show. Oh, come on. You gotta leave it in there. Okay, That's a great we'll bit. See. I loved it. Uh moving on number four. This is this is this is an interesting one I didn't know anything about. The first train wreck amp ever made. So we talked about Alexander Dumble earlier. In the same conversation that you hear Dumble, you often hear about train wreck. You also sometimes, I would say, maybe Comet amplifiers get, get talked about in mm-hmm. this. in this. But anyways, the first train wreck named Ginger is missing. So Kenny Fisher is the guy who famously made the amps. Super highly sought after, super boutique, super expensive if you can even find them. He didn't believe in numbering his build, so they all had an individual name. Oh, that's kind of cool. Similar to the Dumble stuff we were talking about, he would often just make these amps specifically for, for someone. somebody. Yep. So this first one, uh, according to his logbook, uh, where he details each build, he built around 70 of them. Uh, this first one, uh, the guy that he was building it for was a musician named Casper McLeod, and it was named Ginger after his wife. According to John Mark, who hand-builds the amps today, someone contacted him, someone recently, claiming to be the current owner of Ginger, but the email stopped. And the amp fades away.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Who?
1: So who owned it? Casper McLeod. And but these things change hands throughout the years. Yeah, People, I just meant
0: like I don't know who Casper McLeod is.
1: Oh, I, I, you know, that's a good question. Didn't bother to look okay. up who that was. Cool. But it's a great fucking name. Do
0: they say like what era? I mean, is this like '70s stuff? Is this '80s? Yeah.
1: And um, they these all go for over you know sixty hundred thousand dollars at this point. Mm-hmm. But this apparently this first one, Ginger, if you can find it. Is, is the one that and the name's written somewhere. on there
0: somewhere, right?
1: Yep, and there's a way that because they have the records from the original build, still, even though Ken is no longer alive, they have it so they could verify it Interesting. as well. Here's the last one, and this one was the most exciting to me because I didn't know about this really, and this is James Hetfield's Kill 'Em All Marshall amp. Really? From Metallica. So, uh, I guess the story is that this amp was uh, modded by mod guru Jose Arredondo, the same guy who did mods for Eddie Van Halen and Steve Vai back in the 70s and the 80s yeah. on their Marshals. Right. Kirk Hammett used it for all the leads on Kill 'em All. They did all the rhythm guitars on Kill 'em All with this amp. Wow. Like, this was the Marshall, right? Yeah. Well, that amp was stolen along with a bunch of their other gear, including Kirk's amp and Lars' drums in uh, on the 14th of January, 1984, at a gig in Boston. The recording of Ride the Lightning began in February of that year. Allegedly, Fade to Black was written like right after the theft while James was sad about losing his amp, not like hmm. And the song is about death and sort of mourning that loss and everything. But mm-hmm. James himself in an interview was like, uh, what did he say in his own words? I'm sure I wasn't really thinking of killing myself, but it was my favorite Marshall Amp man. <laughs> like that is a quote yeah, from him I mean, himself about it. Yeah, I mean, to
0: anyone who's ever had stuff stolen, you can you can relate to that. And
1: especially their first, their first record, their first big record, the one yeah. that l- bro- broke them, the whole thing. Yep. Amp was never recovered. The loss of the Amp sent Metallica on a career-long tone quest. I mean, you can think about it mesas marshals yep. diesels crank wizard roland like they used so much stuff but these days wow. we all know they're using those fractal axe effects live so that's right they've made the full circle where now it's like they had an amp that was so it important was important and instrumental to yeah. them that he like he, he, he was depressed and wrote one of their hit songs about it yeah and now they're rigged they could get any fractal anywhere in the world yep. and with the usb It'd thumb drive just have that amp
0: you can have all your tones um that is funny it's full cir- it's almost like a half circle you're like man they didn't half circle. well they went from like this huge like
1: the end know, is the great, beginning of like, the stage
0: end. amp to like this you know thing you can carry in your pocket basically
1: you that's know? right man it's wild just rent it from anywhere and it's and, and it's the exact the exact same wherever you go
0: Th- so those are the most star. <sighs> i was trying to think if there was anything else but Anything else that's been stolen, you know, famously that didn't make that list because they only did five, right?
1: That was the top five. Yeah, oh. I liked your I liked your Jamerson edition, and even well, no, but Jocko's, I think we we I think it's, Robert Trujillo has that. Yeah, right?
0: Robert Trujillo supposedly has it. You know, I mean, I know he bought whatever that might be, mm-hmm. but there's stories that it was been smashed to pieces. There's all kinds of it was stolen off a park bench. There's a bunch of he's he's had a bunch of different. You
1: know, pieces. I feel like this this kind of list where it's like most it's like guitars that we're talking about and basses, obviously, bass guitar. It makes sense when you think about it. like they're you can't you can't really just steal a neve console like yeah a neve is going to yeah. be much more valuable but you can't like walk out with a Neve console you can much more easily just like grab a guitar case and right. walk away with it and, have and to also like drive
0: the bus away basically they're so
1: valuable like because they're so directly tied to the instrument the person who played the instrument the celebrity the musician so it's like you see them holding that thing and connecting with it you don't see them like the way it's twiddle in the knobs <laughs> right. behind the knee or whatever either yeah. so there's less i feel like almost less desire to want to steal something like that not that you could anyways but yeah you know you don't hear about oh they stole the pedal board the, the, exactly yeah. right you never you always hear about the guitar right. or is this very special marshall amp and yeah that, in that yeah instance. yeah man that's have you ever had anything stolen i i thought i did I, well that's not true when i was younger uh, in high school some dickheads stole i had some mics and an amp at like a dude's house who i used to play some music with some dicks stole that i got the amp back but i never got the mics back and they were vintage sure mics didn't. i, did, I thought they were really crappy at the time but yeah, now in hindsight i wish cool. i had them right. uh and i thought on tour once that i got my backup guitar stolen which was my first good guitar that epiphone Les paul's uh, custom and then it turns out that i had just left it and wound up getting it back like a month or two oh later oh my god yeah. you left it at the club at
0: the club yeah. wow that's amazing
1: somebody you they know, kept it in, kept it in a closet like a week, for case. Sw- on like the way back from the East Coast we swung by and grabbed. Right oh, yeah.
0: That's that makes your heart sink.
1: Have you? Um
0: not anything musical. No, nothing like that. Um actually when we were in college we had a whole jam room and uh, there was a bar next door and very often we would just walk we were all like, you know, still like dumb, you know, not street smart people. Mm-hmm. And we would just leave, like, the door unlocked and go to the bar next door uh, and get yes. hammered and come back and forth and go into the house and do shots and go back to the bar. Like, just really dumb 21-year-old shit. And one day, we came in and everything was, like, a little out of place. And all they took was uh my roommate's Xbox, which oh. at the time was the Xbox One, which sucks. You know, that's, mm-hmm. like, all there
1: was. but um The uh, OG Xbox. Bro, they
0: walked past guitars, drum sets, amps. I mean, not that you're going to haul an amp out of a front door. I that's get it. the
1: thing, yeah. Big old fucking crate yeah bass it was
0: like a, it was a fender twin oh yeah like, there's no way anyone's get, they probably tried to pick it up and they're like fuck nope this. but even you got like three guys you know even the guitars were all still like on stands yeah. like out and it was just yeah they just took the xbox Dang. so got lucky man but yeah fortunately no you're a lucky yet. boy yeah. I, you're I'm a lucky you man
1: you are too you're a good boy i like you and Thank thanks you. for thanks for doing the show with me <laughs> Love to do it. Love too, you. Man. Love you too. Love you listeners for joining us and if you made it all the way this far, we're so happy that you did. Thank you for doing that. Give us a little little wink and a nod sometimes so we know that you made it here and and also if you made it this far, go make some music.